Nobody questions things in this country anymore. Nobody wants to rock the boat. It's all bullshit, folks. It's all bullshit, and it's bad for you. But we believe them because they're pounded into our heads from the time we're children. Children should be taught to question everything, to question everything they read, everything they hear. Welcome to Question Culture with Brian and Lornette. This is a bi-weekly podcast where each episode, Lornette and I will be discussing and questioning conventional wisdom about a topic we believe is important. You can follow us on Twitter at QCulture and Facebook at QCulture1. That's Q-U-E-C-U-L-T-U-R-E. There we share the links to the documentaries, articles, and books we reference in each episode. On today's episode, we'll be questioning if this is the episode that's going to get us fired from our jobs. <laughs> um, but no, for real, we're going to be questioning the new uh, labor movement that uh, seems to be forming all over the country. How's it going, Larnette? Hey, what's going on, Brian? Hello um, to our listeners. Um, Lornette Vestal, you can check me out on Twitter at EvolvingManLBB. Um, you can check out my personal website, The Evolving Man Project, where I deep dive into some of the uh, issues and topics we discuss on here on Question Culture. And also, you can find the Question Culture podcast there on The Evolving Man Project. Uh, last but not least, well, a couple more things. Uh, thank you all for uh, listening. Our, our listens continue to go up. Um, so folks are listening. Uh, I heard a Twitter person say uh, that there we need to stop the podcast <laughs> industrial complex, which I, I think is kind of ridiculous. Um, I think we should be mad that uh, we got famous people like Michelle Obama or uh, Dave Chappelle or Kevin Hart who are doing podcasts when they have so they can do like a TV show. They can do a movie. They're, they're very rich and famous. And podcasts are actually um, a platform used to be a platform where just regular folks or less famous folks could have a voice and, and you know share their opinions about whatever or thoughts and you had millions of po- all types of podcasts out there for um, folks in their interests so the the whole industrial complex the only the, the complex industrial complex we should be tearing down is not the podcast industrial complex but the military industrial complex the prison industrial complex <clears throat> It's right. such a silly way to even use that phrase because there's no money. I mean, some people make a lot of money in podcasting, but like we don't make any money in it. Yeah, that's that's like the Joe Rogans and Barack Obamas of the world who get paid millions by Apple and uh, Spotify to like have their podcasts and shit like that. Uh, but I kind of just see podcasts as like modern day radio shows, except everyone has more access now because it's the internet. So like anybody who can spend a few bucks on a mic you know yeah can get a podcast going so with that being said for the folks who do listen to our podcast and don't believe we should dismantle the <laughs> podcast industrial complex um uh, go on apple if you listen to us on apple give us a, a review five stars i hope um but you know honest review love it hate it whatever you want but if you give us five star reviews that moves us up in the charts and then um at the charts, whatever you call it on Apple Music, I'm <laughs> I'm an old man, so I don't know what you call those things. I I, I call it the charts. But anyway, uh, the more you rate us, the higher you rate us, uh, the more people can see you know our podcast and might listen and maybe find some of the information useful. And uh, Brian and I are not just you know on the internet complaining. Uh, we 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 practice what we preach. Uh, we we've been activists. We've been in the street. Uh, we 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 worked on mutual aid programs. Um, we, uh, I've, you know, I've worked in homeless shelters as a volunteer. Um, so has people who would like to criticize our politics to be like, you're just complaining on your podcast. Uh, we are, uh, 
we we put our money where our mouth is and we've done the work we do the work and also uh with our question culture podcast as always we challenge our listeners to get the information themselves and we share that there are our resources um online on twitter and facebook so you can go check us out on twitter facebook q question culture and see our links and we we use all type of sources so we're not pulling this out our ass last but not least uh check out my wife and i's first debut novel even the faders and if you want to you can check out a short story on the evolved man project um called the harmony project so check that out and it's a little bit different from what we talk about on the podcast it's sci-fi fantasy but um every time we need some escapism and i say we should have our next science episode be sci-fi where we talk about some nerd stuff so be on the lookout for that i'd be down for, I'd be down for that maybe around like christmas time or yeah yep, that'll be we, we can end the year on a positive note and, and stop talking about doom and gloom but today we're talking about the new labor movement and knowing the new, new labor movement we gotta look to the past so let's get into it brian yeah, so I'm, and this is a good topic, you know, as we always do, um, you know, recommend just finding stuff out for yourself rather than taking our word for it. And I feel like this is definitely a topic with labor movements where you have to read books. Um, I was, you know, kind of going through the internet, looking through at some websites and stuff about labor movements, and I didn't find a single website or article that really captures what the labor movements were about in this were about in this country, like reading books about it, because you really need time to, you know, f- hear people's different stories of what life was like, the kind of conditions they lived in, to kind of really connect with it and see why people did the things they do. Um, so, well, as we always do, we'll post post some books um, on this topic, but I think it's a real important topic to read about in books as opposed to just reading online. Um, because I've noticed with propaganda, with labor movements, they always kind of act like, I don't know, they focus on when the government finally passed laws completely negating the struggle that it took to actually get these things. Oh, yeah. And I, with this episode, I almost don't want to ruin, we're going, we're getting into the, the part of American history on our history podcast that we release monthly, um, where... You know, if you actually read American history from the working people's perspective, pretty much from the end of the Civil War all the way through World War II was just never-ending labor movements and labor struggles popping off across different parts of the country. And really all the freedoms that working people have now, um, for you know, 40-hour work week, workers' comp, no, uh, child labor laws, all that kind of stuff was stuff that was earned for people fighting for their lives and, and fighting for, for more rights. Yeah, and, and, and there's a great um, Our Labor History Timeline by the AFL-CIO, which is one of the larger um, unions in the United States. And, you know, people can have criticisms of the union and or they're corrupt, blah, 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 blah. Uh, well, the politicians that you all vote for every fucking two years are corrupt, um, without a shadow of a doubt. And I would say that the union membership can't be, it, it isn't corruptible. And if you have corrupt union leadership, um, motion to vote to vote them out for those folks who are lucky enough to be in the union. Um, Because when you had um, higher union representation in this country, you workers all over benefit from that, even the workers that weren't in unions. So unions are important. So I had a friend that was like, unions are stupid, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, dude, like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, you do realize that the reason why you have a weekend 
the reason why your boss can't just fucking lock you in the goddamn store at night when he leaves is because of unions and the, and the labor movement that work for it. All right. These capitalist assholes, as we talked about on a libertarian episode, would have children still working. And in fact, that's what we're doing. Because like Wisconsin was like, we're going to make it legal to like have 14 and 16, 14 year olds and 15 year olds working because there is a labor shortage <laughs> and we'll pay them. We'll pay them under minimum wage because they're their children. So I guess we are totally regressing as a country um, in many ways and and progressing in some ways and regression in a lot of ways. So I'm pretty sure all my libertarian type friends would be like, yeah, what's wrong with making children work? Bill's character. Uh, (laughs) Send your fucking children to a factory and see how, how, you know, well, let me not say that because there's some asshole parents who probably would send their kids to go work. We need the money. (laughs) Because we don't have anything, all our taxes go to paying the, paying the military industrial complex and the police, which we want to keep funding. And in New York, shout out to New York, they just voted for a cop to be their mayor. So I'm pretty sure we stay stopping Fritz. Shout out to Eric Adams. Uh, it won't be racist because he's black, but uh, I digress. Um, I'm getting off the point. <laughs> the only unions I don't support are the police unions because they 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 keep the corrupt police system in place and protect terrible police officers whether they are committing domestic violence or or shooting unarmed people or just being assholes in general they're protected and they have way too they, that's a union that has a lot of power you know they've basically destroyed all the other type of unions but the police union is untouchable because they they support the power structure structure has Huey P. Newton said that a right hand of the oppressor so what that's what's so frustrating is you know, in, in a lot of ways, the 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 country, at least on social issue issues, has progressed a little bit, whether it be with the civil rights movement in the 50s and 60s, gay rights, you know, during the same time into the 70s, 80s, 90s. So in, in that way, socially, we've progressed. But really, economically, we are in a severe decline and wealth is constantly being funneled up to the wealthy and the divide between the rich and the poor is growing. Uh, We'll share some charts about as union membership has gone down in the country, wages for workers have gone down, the proportion of income that's going to the top 1% has skyrocketed. So, you know, it's it's just frustrating to me that people kind of don't, I don't know, we've like completely lost any kind of class consciousness. Like, I feel like if you even like bring up class at all, it's like a weird topic that people don't comprehend and they think you're some kind of, I don't know, like weirdo, like it's a weird topic that nobody, you know, it's almost as taboo. Talking about classes as taboo as like, you know, I don't know, talking about sex or something, you know, it's like a, almost be due to, like due to propaganda, it's become like a dirty word or a, a dirty concept to think, but we're having class consciousness. I mean, that's the thing too. I, I've heard like, you know, people in conservative media and stuff talk about like, oh, the left, like with their class warfare. And it's like, we didn't, we don't, we didn't start this class warfare. The class war warfare is going on against us. We need to start arming ourselves for this class war that's been going on and is continuing to go on and is getting worse. Um, and for, I think the first step in that is educating yourself. Um, well, obviously, we'll share some of the articles, but I think um, a good thing to check out would be the Pullman car strikes. Oh, yeah. Um, because, one, the parallels between that and what is happening with Amazon now is uncanny. I mean, it's really an example of history repeating itself. Um, but for people that don't know, just a general, um, 
you know, thing about it was Pullman uh, was an incredibly uh, po- uh, powerful company that built uh, luxury train cars during the railroad boom. And um, the owner, Pullman, was an asshole. So he treated his employees like shit, didn't pay him shit. He even started like his own towns that were, you know, Pullman towns where they were paid in money from the company. There, you know, there's one in stores. Chicago, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I think it was a little, yeah, it was like right outside Chicago. Yeah, well, it's, it's right it in was. Chicago. It's on the south side. They, they still have that area over there. Um, it's a very historic area, but yeah. And and so what happened was the, and then the, you know, the depression hit, or I think I can't remember, but anyway, um, then, so they started cutting wages, but they didn't, like in the towns where they lived in, he didn't lower rent or anything. So people had literally had nothing and, the, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't work enough to survive. Um, and so they went on strike and it, it I don't know, the, the whole thing um, we're going to be talking about in our history episodes in more detail, but um, it really just kind of goes to, and there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that. Like I, I remember the railroad unions were voting on whether to accept black members. Yeah, this pool, it was a, it was 1894 when the Pullman uh, strike happened on the railroads, right? Right. And so the they the the unions were you know the railroad unions across the country were trying to or at least uh, uh, Debs was trying to get them to combine. Um, but and they voted down not they voted not to include black members well what happened pullman just started hiring black people while the other workers were going on strike and it completely undermined the strike so it money you know that's another good book to read is the art of warfare um really capitalism is all about dividing people so that yep. you can the powerful can control you and to resist that we need to start unifying and we had to keep our eye on the ball and keep our eye on unification and working together because the, the, the powers that be are going to come up with literally any tactic they possibly can to divide you. And that's another reason to, to read the history is because you see all the – they'll do everything legal or illegal to divide you and to break this Oh, up. yeah, and, and, and you talk about class warfare and class consciousness as we talked about like many Americans just don't want to talk about it um, unless you're on Twitter because they, they obviously – you have some Twitter folks talking about people who make $100,000 a year are part of the 1%. And I was like, uh, what universe are you living in? It's, it's a lot more complicated than that. But even even the way George Carlin broke it down is um, the rich people have all the money and pay no taxes. The middle class people pay all the taxes and go to work. And the poor people are there just to scare the shit out of the middle class people to take to keep them in line and keep them going to their jobs and keep them keep them to comply. But this labor history stuff is very deep. It, it goes it and the really thing about labor, the labor movement, Brian, to me. Uh, but before I say this, I want to say the only class consciousness is between the wealthy elites, like the billionaire and multimillionaire class. When you have George Bush and Ellen DeGeneres hanging out, when George Bush won a presidential election in 2004 by scaring people that like the gay people are going to get married, vote for me, along with like you know the terrorists are going to come get you, and of course you know. We don't want these. Like, we got to stop crime. You know, the black people are coming to get you. So he won. And like Ellen's like, oh, he's my buddy. We're just good friends. Like we we, we don't agree on everything. But he's like, he literally ran a campaign, presidential campaign, damning your relationship, the type of relationships you have. He doesn't, you know, he, he didn't believe in your, your union between your wife. And but you know, because they're rich, they're on the same page. Just like all the people who are like, you know, creaming themselves because um, Elon Musk said the UN if you want me to end them poverty 
and give you six billion dollars. I need a spreadsheet and all the facts and everything. How you gonna do it? So like you're basically a funder to the UN and basically gonna have all these regulations on that money and it really won't solve the problem. But everybody's like, yeah, do it. Yeah, he's gonna solve. People, the billionaires aren't coming to fucking save us. We have to save yeah, ourselves. That, that- that just shows like the ego of him too. that it should be up to me and you should have to prove to me why I should feed these people. And it's like, how about you just be a decent fucking human being and feed some people instead of talking about spreadsheets and dumb shit with the UN. Yeah. But this is what. what a, and he's a dickwad. He thinks he's fucking Iron Man. You're not Iron Man. Fucking you're not. You're not fucking Batman. All right. None of you billionaires are fucking Batman. All right. And, and let's, if we want to be honest with Batman and I'm a fan of Batman because. I'm a nerd. He he just beats up poor people. He's a rich guy who dresses up and beats up poor people. And notice he never covers his full face because he's a white guy. So while he's breaking the laws, Batman, he doesn't want to go to jail. I'm just saying. But I mean, this is what's so frustrating. And you and me kind of talked about it on our hero worship thing. The working class people like nowadays are so these billionaires do not give a shit about you. They would not be behaving the way they do the. The system, the way they've been raised and the system that they live in, they are of no concern to you are of no concern to them. And to and and again, this is where reading history comes in handy, because, yeah, I'll admit, like as a kid growing up, you know, thinking the world was a certain way when I read about how these owners of these businesses would treat people. They would they would they're they're using you. That's their only purpose. They don't give a shit about any of your problems, your family, nothing. They just want to keep see their stock price rising, see their money going up, and that's by any means necessary. They'll use anyone they want, they'll kill anyone they want. It doesn't matter. You don't matter to them. So we need to stop trying to appeal to them and start forcing them to to react to us. That's what's getting me kind of frustrated too about all the political shit going on with the democrats why you know like like how they're like blaming um um cinema Kristen cinema and yeah as if there wouldn't be another democrat who would feel fill that role I, it's just it's just there. it's just political theater and and i exactly during the um election and i'm gonna do a little side rant here is you know i had some folks who thought they were like super smart like oh my god what we really need we don't need to vote for the green party because god forbid if you vote for the, don't vote for the corporate democrats or republicans you you're out of your mind. Unless you're a libertarian, you can vote for those assholes. But they're basically the Republicans. So let's just be honest. Um, they're just an offshoot of the Republican Party uh, with, with little nuances. They're Republicans that smoke weed. Um, so there you go. But people are just like, oh, my God, you just and we vote for the Green Party. What it really needs to do is the Green Party needs to infiltrate the Democratic Party. And we see how anemic these so-called progressives is. And just a case in point, Christian Cinema, she was a leftist. She was a so-called leftist. She was part of the Green Party. And now she's just another run-of-the-mill corporate Democrat um, who's the boogeyman of the day, along with Joe Manchin. Um, so the, the idea that we can we can infiltrate these corrupt systems and with you know super leftist people <clears throat> and change it from within, um, like my man Immortal Technique said, you know, it's not you that changes the system; it's the system that changes you. So when you go into these institutions. You're not gonna change them. You could you could think oh, I'm gonna change it, and and as that money starts rolling in and the benefits and the, and the adulations, you'll become just like another you know like AOC. I I just see her as a, a social media a social media influencer. Um, why aren't they like shutting down Congress and be like we're gonna fucking get you know um, paid family leave? We're gonna get Medicare for all. We're going to cut the goddamn military budget. They could do that. It's a whole lot of so-called progressives in Congress right now. The fucking Democrats control the office. And we can't even get the PRO Act passed. So it's all political theater. 
anyone who's principled will not be allowed anywhere near the centers of power. They just won't be allowed there. They just won't get the jobs there. If you're a reporter covering the White House and you ask too many questions, you won't be allowed into the White House press room. If you're a politician who is against taking corporate money, you won't be allowed in the Democratic Party if you, or the Republican Party. If you are work for a corporation and you are constantly fighting upper management to get better wages for the people below you, they just won't hire you or won't they, or they won't promote you any further. They just don't want that inconvenience. Yeah. They don't want th- they don't want their what, powers to be challenged. Exactly. And that's what it's all about. You're not you're never going to get I mean, that's the thing, too, is rich people are playing the same game as as all of us. They're just trying to make as much money as possible. So you're not going to be able to go to a hundred millionaire and be like, hey, you know what? We kind of want some of your money. So can you sell like three of your four mansions and that way we can get some health care? Fuck no, they're not going to move into a smaller house. They're not going to give up their cars. They're not they don't give a shit about us. So we need to stop trying to appeal to politicians to appeal these people, and we need to start forcing them to react. Exactly, and stop and stop hero worshiping these these billionaire CEO types who are just like I can I'm gonna I taking us to Mars and advancing humanity. Talk about Elon Musk is one of the billionaires who I think is, has his head so far up his ass. I mean Jeff Bezos is a piece of shit too with his his union busting, but and he's union he's a union buster. Tesla's a union buster. And all you idiots out there saying, you are for pussies. Shout out to Barstool Sports. Uh, first off, pussies, pussy is a great thing. Uh, let me just say that. And fucking babies come out of it. Fucking humans come out of vaginas. So I'm just saying that uh, they're they're far more sturdier and stronger than any penis. Because if I get kicked in my shit, I, I'm down and out. And, and any, the biggest, toughest, baddest guy you know, if they get kicked in their shit, they're going down for the count. Or those who identify as male who have a penis. They get kicked in that genitalia area. They're going down. So this whole fuck, fuck unions. It's, it's really weird. It's 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 quite and or people just they're all corrupt. I'm like, these are the same people say the unions are corrupt will be like, I'm a hardcore Democrat or Republican. You don't think those institutions are corrupt? Come on. Now. I think a lot of the corruption of unions is propaganda by I mean, as we're gonna get into, they've the system has become incredibly good at busting unions in the US oh, yeah. and has gone with every you know tactic available and if you're a regular person who are against the unions this is throughout history the, you're going against your own team yeah the, throughout history the labor movement has accomplished a lot if you get weekends off paid overtime your kid doesn't have to go work in a fucking factory you can thank union you don't members have to work in a factory who, there's some who sliver of environmental protection yeah who fought for those rights um and none of these things happen without without fucking it was bloodshed like you know we got the haymarket riot in chicago that was oh, yeah. a, a well, labor think strike about, there was the battle at blair mountain where yeah. i think it was like 20 people ended up getting killed yeah and we talked about it in our um in our history episode but the bacon's rebellion mm-hmm. and was a, it, a, a rebellion of servants and slaves coming together and you know that's how they start making the laws that you know segregated blacks indentured black slaves from white indentured servants because Blacks, whites, and, and and Native Americans were coming together <laughs> and fighting against the, the the slave masters and the and the business owners of the day in the original thirteen colonies, and they're like, "Fuck no, we can't do that." <laughs> that, that well, that was what was interesting. I was reading about uh, the battle at Blair Mountain, and a lot, you know, as they do, the coal companies were hiring immigrants because you know they could pay them dog shit wages, and there were different pockets and towns um, 
in the coal mines that were people from immigrants from different countries and didn't even speak the same language. And yet they still started working together to form unions and to start resisting and striking. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, we need to start forcing the people in power to respect us. And the only way we're going to do that is to fuck with their money. That's the only language they speak. That's the only thing they care about. And, and fucking organize. And, and another thing, when you go into the history of the labor, labor movement, uh, we have to talk about civil rights. So a lot of people in this country, they, they've boiled down Dr. King to his I Have a Dream speech. And he was far more dynamic and interesting. And it wasn't just Dr. King. It was a countless people who we know about and don't know about who came together. These are organizers. These are people in the community. But it was very close ties to the labor movement. So the civil rights movement and labor movement have been intertwined from the beginning. Civil rights leaders have always been labor leaders too. American union movement champions who lacked a voice in our society. Um, union, American union movement champion was those who lacked a voice in our society. Union members played a critical role in civil rights struggles of the past and that involvement continues today. So Martin Luther King was jailed for civil disobedience. Union and union members frequently came to his aid with legal and financial help he needed. Union members marched on Washington in 1963 in countless cities around the country. Dr. King was killed in Memphis in 1968 while, on a, while in Memphis to aid striking sanitation workers. And the, civil, the, the march on Washington was, was not just about civil rights. It was about civil rights and, and jobs. And it was heavily... Um, the union presence was heavily involved in that. So, <laughs> well, that's that's why they ended up killing him. I mean, when he was talking just about racial equality, he was allowed to live. But as soon as he started talking against the military industrial complex, talking against the, the Vietnam War, and started the the poor people's campaign, you know, and started or, organizing labor. But he, but oh, labor organized a Philip Randolph, the, the famous um, black politician who was a, a hardcore um, union member and leader. Um, was was also pivotal in the civil rights movement. So he, <laughs> the, 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 the civil rights movement, but the, even the, the gender equality, so even the women rights movement, um, you had, um, in 1908, you had an uprising of 20,000 uh, female shirtwaist makers in New York in a strike against West sweatshop conditions. And then it was um, a, a horrible tragedy back in the day where like you had some seamstress who were basically they used to be locked in the in the factory while they worked on the clothes and it was a fire and a whole bunch of them got killed these are all women so women and girls so people have died on their like safety at your job like job safety that's you can thank a union member for that it was unions who put that together and i and I, you know i've mentioned this on previous podcasts how i was brought up thinking we lived in this you know, republic democracy where we voted and elected our leaders and they served our interest and how that's completely changed. And now I understand we live in a gangster society where those with money have the power and they, they're ruthless and they, you know, they kill and murder and do whatever they can to maintain their power. And learning about these labor movements is how I came to that conclusion because you see you know kids dying in mines you see buildings with no ventilation with the doors locked no windows you know and, and you know seamstresses working fucking whatever 20 hours a day whatever it may be so th that's just evidence that these people when the people are in power like yeah maybe working class people you me lornette our listeners we would never imagine treating people like that but we weren't 
we weren't brought up in the environment that a that a, you know a billionaire is brought up in. They they literally you know can't read emotions as well as we can. They they just simply don't give a shit. And not to mention, like you know, you had some defenders of the the billionaire class who were just like Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg came from nothing and, and made themselves wealthy. First off, a lot of those those gentlemen had a leg up. Very few of them are like Oprah Winfrey or a Michael Jordan who you came from humble beginnings and, and now is part of the 1%. That's a that's a rare. Most of these assholes are born to wealth. And Jeff Bezos, you know, his family his family donated gave him $300,000 $300, to start Amazon. Elon Musk's family owned a fucking emerald mine in goddamn South Africa. Mark Zuckerberg um, I mean, Bill Gates was his family introduced him to IBM, IBM executives when he was in fucking college. So I, I can't call up fucking IBM and be like, hey, you know, um, my cousin is really good with computers. He wants to meet you all. All right, well, arrange a meeting. We're not, we're not fucking, these are people come from elite backgrounds. They're not even talking about old money like the Rockefellers and Vanderbilts. Shout out to Anderson Cooper. But I'm just saying, these people are born into wealth. So it's, they, they see, they, they they're wealthy they, they well that's what's frustrating up. too you're right you're absolutely right like most of them are old money it's not you know we're we're shown the examples of the new money you know is put up as like idols to us like look what you can accomplish like if you this work person hard does. And, like yeah like the few complain. examples will always be shoved in our face but what kind of fucking dumbass system is that there's what 350 million people in america and there's 700 billionaires so the odds of you being one of those people, to, it, so what? Those people get to be billionaires and the rest of us sh- should suffer in the dirt? Oh, no. Well, no, you should all strive to be a billionaire and you should celebrate the time when either Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or some other future asshole comes along and becomes the world's first trillionaire because that money will trickle down to you because it's Reaganomics. <laughs> it trickled down. See, once if we if the all a rising tide lifts all boats so as long as the billionaires and, and multi-billionaires keep making more money that eventually some of that will trickle down and help out the society and look at jeff look at elon musk he wants he's going to end world hunger all he needs is a few spreadsheets and some charts that's all that's all he's asking for not much i could do it you know but you know it's my money. I, yeah, I don't want to. I mean, that it's just another economic fallacy. That's not how the economy works. That is people. how the economy works, Brian. And I think these <laughs> these people who want unions are they just they're they're a bunch of commies who want to destroy America and everything we work for. Apple pie, freedom, guns, and pornography. That's that's America. That's that's what I that's the America I love. And, and when I see it, I cry a little bit, especially when I'm looking at Pornhub and I'm crying because I, when I see a breast on Pornhub, that's freedom right there, Brian. That's what I'm fighting. And these union people are complaining. They're all complainers. They're a bunch, these leftists are complainers. We, we need, we have sound economic policy and if you work hard, you made it. See, Brian, I made it. See? I got a nice house. I got a wife. I got a car. I made it. I think everybody else is just complaining. <laughs> But you'll have people who say shit like this in regular conversations. This isn't hyperbole that I'm making. I've, I've heard this from regular, everyday working people. Well, and I, th- I think it's important, and this what's... Ugh, I honestly haven't been going on Twitter a lot lately for this reason, is the the only... You know, and it goes back to that Fred Hampton quote about, like, you can't fight, 
you know, white capitalism with black capitalism. We're not going to be able to fight this fight segregated. We, we need to unite. So it is so frustrating on Twitter when I see all the division. Like you mentioned, there's people, you know, if you make 100,000 a year, you're part of the 1%, blah, blah, blah. You are not part of the 1% if you make 100,000. You you're not even one part of the 1%, honestly, if you make a million dollars nowadays. Yeah. I mean, that's chump change. Billionaires can buy you, you, you know, buy you over, you know, a thousand times over. Um, so it's not... So we need to, and we need to start putting down the petty little shit. You're not going to agree with everybody on everything. Um, in, in fact, probably most people you're going to disagree on most shit, but that has nothing to do with working together for, you know, the, the economic advantages of being in a union help us all. And um, I, I just want to read a quick um, quote from, uh, it was from the Economic uh, Policy Institute, and it was talking about how beneficial unions are. Um it said, uh, for more U.S. workers, um, more, um, far more U.S. workers want unions that have the benefit of representation today. When workers are able to win union representation and collective bargaining, their wages go up, they increase benefits, and their working conditions improve. On average, a worker covered by a union contract earns 13.2% more than a peer with this with the same education, occupation, and experience in a non-unionized workplace. Union workers are more likely to have employer-sponsored health insurance, and their employers contribute more towards those plans, including retirement plans. They are also more likely to have paid vacation and sick leave. Union workers are more likely to have retirement plans, with their employers contributing more towards those plans than comparable non-union employees do. So that's what you have to force. And also, you know, those exa- those historical examples that we were talking about, Blair Mountain, um, the... the Pullman um, strike. Yeah, Pullman strike, the the fires that you were talking about. The The Haymarket riot. (laughs) Yes. You'll notice when you read those, they already, those resistances happened. They already had unions. They already won the fought to get unions. And then they had to use the battle because unions allow a way for workers to consolidate. It's a means to an end to get us to organize. So the union is the the union is only the first step. Exactly. And and, and I guess we can talk. We kind of talked a little bit about the history. Obviously, in our history podcast, we'll go deeper dive into to this. But uh, kind of honestly, like ten of those episodes are going to be about all the the labor movements and the. Oh uh, yeah, US. but we can talk a little bit about the uh, decline of labor unions in the United States, and um, you know all these battles. Are, the Great Depression was a real boon for the um, rise in um, union membership um, and activism, and also what people don't know is you know there were like the socialist party in this country were like competing in presidential elections and, and winning. Like I think the uh, candidate won like 12 million votes. I think it was in 1924, I believe. So <laughs> people are just like, it's not American socialism, radical and, and it's radical politics. It's American as apple pie. All right. Um, a lot of these labor organizers in the uh, turn of the century, last century and the 20th century were, were, you know, radical, um, had radical politics. They were, they were um, socialists. Some were even communists. Um, and I know that's a bad word in America. Like, oh my God! But these are the folks who fought hard so you can have your weekends. There's a reason why we celebrate Labor Day. But let's talk about the decline of labor unions. So the passage, one thing was the passage of the Taft-Hartley Act in 1947. Uh, it placed significant restrictions on unions. Most which still exist today. What it did was it prohibited secondary boycotts and sympathy boycotts in 
open the door to the right to work laws, which prohibit employees from hiring only union employees. And that right to work laws now exists in 27 states around the country. Um, and then another thing is um, when that when that act was passed, it came at a particularly inopportune time because the labor unions was going on this thing in that the, the 40s called Operation Dixie, where they were going to finally organize textile workers in the South. But anti-union business leaders in the region used the accusation that the leadership of the unions were communists uh, to uh, whip up opposition. So it was that divide, divide and conquer. Uh, not to mention um, another thing is <laughs> these unions also wanted to... Um, <laughs> They also use um, race racism. So they're like all oh, these union leaders or these commies are coming out here. They want you to integrate with the Negroes and like your your your, your daughter is gonna marry one. Oh my God, it's the end of the world. And it's like class solidarity also needs to go across racial lines, but they divide and conquer, and and that's how they were able to get to prevent um, a lot of the South from unionizing. And even to the day, the South isn't as unionized as the North. I mean, they've done it up North too, so don't get twisted. It's not like the North is great. Um, and I only have a union, pro-union stance because I was born and raised in Chicago, which, you know, Brian and I can attest is a union city, but not as strong as it used to be. And even those unions have problems because it's divine conquer. You know, if you add women to the union, then, then people, men who become sexist, like, we don't want women on our union. Then you're weakening your fight. You need all the people. You're a little person. You're not the fucking powerful corporations or the billionaires. We don't want black people or migrants or, you know, or undocumented people in our union or, or illegals as the racists call them. Um, but you need all those individuals to be part of the union to build a strong base and solidarity. And the powers that be will find any way to divide. So, yeah, maybe they re used race and sex in the past. Maybe that won't be effective in modern times. So they'll use they'll they'll come up with any term and label for people and then try and divide them based on that. So I've seen it now where people, you know, I'm not working with Trump supporters. They are beyond the pale, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you need to work with Trump supporters for these things. We need to all work together. And, you know, we can't let these labels divide us. And, and that's the thing is actually um, strikes, striking workers are extremely popular in the country, even among even among Republicans. I think it, the, the, from what I was reading from different websites, it seems like generally support for labor strikes um, has a popularity between 60 and 80 percent of the population. So oh, it's yeah. extremely popular. You know, people know that this is needed. Um, yeah. And, and, and I know people are just like, we need new tactics, new tactics. We can organize differently because of technology and all this stuff, but we still need, um, but the unions have been tried and true as a way to work and they've been connected to all the movements in this country uh, from women's rights to immigrants' rights to the civil rights movement. It's always, the labor is always tied in there. Like we sell our labor. It's, it's important. And, um, and I want to talk about this um, thing about political parties because there's this whole notion that some people are like, oh, the, the union Democrats are more super friendly to the union. They're, 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 they're our allies. And the Republicans and Democrats come together to, to shit on working people all the time. Uh, so other further talk about decline in labor unions in the United States. There was a never a durable labor party in the United States, and it does matter. The Democratic Party became the labor's more congenial ally, but it was never really all in. When priorities had to be set, the Democratic Party was willing, willingness to prioritize labor was never quite there. Historically, that happened repeatedly. That made it hard for unions to advance public policy. 
the agenda, had to advance their public policy agenda. Even President Obama abandoned the labor movement by not fighting enough for the Employee Free Choice Act in 2009, which would have made it easier for workers to form unions and increase fines on employers who violate labor laws. So the, the so-called good guys, the Democrats, they always, they'll be with the Republicans and hold hand in order to um, please appease their corporate masters any way they see fit. And that means shitting on working class people. And I think it's important to none of this is going to be easy. It's a, in fact, it's the hardest thing to do. And I think like, you know, that person that you mentioned on online on Twitter, Lornette, about the, you know, the podcast industrial complex. I think what they're getting at is there's lots of people talking about change, but not a lot of people, you know, actively committed to it. And I'll admit that this is the hardest you know, standing up in the workplace, you know, right now, the economic system is the most fascist part about our society. When you go to work, it is not a democracy. You do not have free speech. You have to do as you're told. You have to be a team player. If you, you know, try and stifle what the higher ups want to do in any way, you're seen as a nuisance. And then you have to worry about getting fired and losing your livelihood. You might have a family to support. But the so I will fully admit this is the hardest thing that we'll all ever have to do. But the longer we wait, the worse it's going to get. So, you know, we've already, I would say we've already been going downhill at least, you know, the past 50, 60 years. And the longer we wait, the harder it's going to be. And, you know, we just got to be ready for the fight because, I mean, the, the surveillance system has never, you know, the powers that be have never had so much power before, honestly. I mean, their their wealth is unmatched, their, and, their and tools and that they been, can use. And they've been doing this um, for a long time because even with um, the, the 80s, when I was born, um, I guess we both were born in the 80s, um, Ronald Reagan uh, firing all the air traffic controllers who were, you know, on strike um, and basically basically ushering in finishing off the decline of union membership and when and clinton came along he had the same conservative politics uh financial politics or fiscal politics that the reagan administration had but just pay lip service to unions but also further corporatize the um the united states repealing the grass and steagall act um that you know put checks and balances on the banking system which led to the housing crisis in 2008 um which we saw uh, the recession hit and I was, you know, I was coming out of school at that time, grad school and, and in college. And it was it was tough to get a job during that, that period. And what's crazier is you know, COVID happened in 2020. So not even a full, you know, almost a little bit, a little like almost 12 years later, we're in another goddamn recession <laughs> um, because the government shut down everything. And because the government shut down everything businesses started collapse and i think this was really insidious um because small business small businesses were screwed corporations yeah they they kept the doors open they get they get all this the government loan ppp loans and all this shit but the small little guys so all you small business owners who like have your chest put down like i'm a, I'm a proud libertarian or republican i'm a part of the one percent no you're not you get up every day and work for your fucking money Jeff bezos can go masturbate all fucking day and he'll make more money than you'll ever make in your whole entire life than you would make in thousands and thousands of years. Then your whole entire <laughs> family will make in their lives if they live to be a fucking million years old. So, no small business owners. You're 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 not you're not Verizon. You're not Comcast. You're not Disney. You're not you're not got you don't got that type of money. So you're getting screwed over too. 
And and what's even crazier is we have two generations, the millennials like us, and now the Zoomers who are coming of age and fucking economic downturns. And what's what's interesting too, and this is another reason, you know, I've come to this viewpoint that we live in a gangster society, is you see when these strikes start to happen, the entire apparatus of society goes to cover the wealthy. So the media, so, you know, I would say labor strikes, those are the biggest events in our country's history and certainly the most consistent events, yet we never learn about that. We learn about D-Day or, you know, George Washington chopping down a cherry tree or whatever bullshit. Honest Abe. (laughs) Right. We learn about that dumb shit. We never Uh, learn about the real shit. Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence. All men are created equal. Now go get me a sandwich, nigger. <laughs> he was a slave owner. I was every all man created equal. Well, the slaves aren't men technically, so they're my property. <laughs> right. So we learned. So it's erased from our history. The media doesn't cover it. So like, as we're going to get into in a minute here, there is a mass strike strikes and labors that you know that hasn't been seen in decades is starting to happen around the country that's what motivated us to do this episode but you don't hear anything about mainstream media it might as well not be happening you don't hear shit so the media covers for it the legal system police will always come and beat strikers and push them down they never you'll never ever not once in the history of the country see where cops i mean actually there are a few cases but then the cops get fired (laughs) yeah basically uh, anytime the cops anytime a cop has a conscience and stands up either to the corrupt police unions or their um, brothers and sisters in arms, most of fuckery, or side with labor, or side with the people. Those cops are fired, or or completely, yeah, they're I think fired. That's how I think that's what set off Blair. I think it was Blair. It was either the Blair Mountain or something else. But there was one where there was actually a cop who was friendly to the workers, and they all loved him. And the cop got fucking killed, and that's what set off like the main strike and protest. Yeah. So so even even you cops out there who are like, yeah, you know, if something has to change. I'm you know I want to be inside of the worker. Then yeah, but the cops for the most part are always used to as a buffer between the elites and the and the and the working people to protect exactly. protect their protect their property. If they're not to serve and protect you, they're there to protect the rich people's interests. And I would say this all the time: at the, all the marches and protests I've been to in San Diego, Chicago, Atlanta, the cops are always protecting the, the nicest neighborhoods or the wealthiest part of the downtown or the city area, and they have like ride gear on. And if you if the people come start fucking that up, the cops are going to be you know unleashed, um, which is what 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 made last summer so crazy when they when people were going to the rich areas and, and tearing shit up, and you know one of the criticisms of riots was like oh my god they're destroying their own neighborhood how's it their own neighborhoods where they don't own anything? Well, they were literally trying to push us there. I remember when we were when I was out for the Black Lives Matter protest the weekend after George Floyd got killed. We were talking about how the police were actively trying to push us into the poor neighborhoods of the city. So we had to constantly like, you know, running and trying getting getting in the way of their cars to stop us from them from blocking us off to get in, getting into certain areas. Um, but, yeah, so the, so the media will will fall in line and will just they've gone, you know, because it's so popular, these strikes, they've gone to media just won't cover it. So nobody knows it's happening. If all you watch is mainstream media, you don't even know it's happening right now. The police will always fall in line. Police's job is they're the force that protects the money flow. So they'll fall in line and they'll beat protesters on behalf of these corporations. You know, like when the 08 bailouts happen and all the illegal behavior, you don't see any cops going up to the boardrooms of these CEOs and their skyscraper and beating them. No, it's always the poor people striking that they come to beat. So the police will fall in line. The media will fall in line. Uh All the corporations obviously cover for each other. So 
Yeah, so it's, so that's why the whole system will, and, and that's how you know when you're really attacking the system is when the system will really come back at you hard. The Black Panthers were crushed because they were really actually doing something. So that's when you know, if you feel like you're fighting, if you're Kyrie, who's like, you know, Kyrie Irving who's fighting against vaccines, you, you know, they don't give a shit. They're like, all right, don't play basketball. Like, we don't give a shit. So, like, but if you're really actually, you know... Yeah, fight for some real shit. Yeah, confronting the system. You're going to... You're going to... The power never concedes anything. So, you're going to... Exactly. And even the history of the labor movement is is lots of times with corporations and state interests. When they sent National Guardsmen, sent police officers to crush strikes or or use strike breakers to... um, Or scabs to break... To break... uh, To break strikes. You know what was interesting? So I was reading it, this again. I'll share the article. But they were talking about uh, how um, this was from the Economic Policy Institute. And they were talking about all the different ways that companies break unions. And uh, currently, employers spend roughly $340 million annually on union, union avoidance counts consultants. <laughs> so basically speaking with lawyers to figure out ways to undermine unions. And what was interesting that I found out with was that... Um, when uh, cases are gone to court about corporations' um, uh, behavior towards union, it was found that 41.5% were violating federal laws, basically breaking federal law in order to strike down unions. So that's why, and, and they're and they're it's already happening. They're starting to make laws. It, uh, there's a thousand strike um, uh, coal miners uh, striking in Alabama right now. They've been striking for the past seven months. A judge there just ruled that you can no longer picket within 300 yards of the entrance. So they're literally taking away freedom of speech. And yeah. so, so they're re- rewriting the laws. So so while people you know, are out there railing it. about the vaccine mandates and like, oh my God, tyranny, tyranny, that's a 5G. You should be you should be rallying railing about that, or just like mm-hmm. the fact that they have the laws. They're trying to pass the laws where you can run over protesters because maybe it might you know you might not agree with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, but what if your job is fucking you over and you decide to strike, and then you know they got laws in place where fucking people can run you over. How are you gonna feel then? So all this shit comes back to bite you in the ass. Even the folks who think like the powers that be on the side, they're not on your fucking side. If you're a regular Joe, they're not. So it's just that simple. And like Brian and I say on this podcast all the time, we don't cater for the, the, the political establishment. We don't cater for major corporations. Uh, this is totally independent. Um, so, yeah. Well, well, and that was, I forgot if it was the Alabama strike or a different. It was another strike going on right now. But there had been numerous instances of people hired by the company were hitting strikers with their cars. And, I think you know, that course, was uh, I think that was um, the strike in Alabama with the uh, with the yeah okay with the, it, was um, the same, with the, it was the same one then with yeah. the freaking um, Amazon workers when they, they were they were close to unionizing um, and, and I remember seeing that with the um, what was the pipeline with Standing Rock how the company was hiring like private security people to like attack the protesters with dogs and stuff yeah so that's or, or, the hit, or these shoot people. them with holes them down with water and the temperatures are freezing cold I mean it, it's yeah, if you, I, I know a, a OG um, veteran activist who was at Standing Rock with his wife, and they were like, it was some real shit was about to go down. They were, they were going to go to it. Like, it was going to be that his story yeah, is powerful. Violent. It was going to be violent. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was really crazy. And in the, in, the, in the 11th hour, like, you know, they, they halted the construction on the pipeline, and the protesters had a momentary victory. But, um, 
you know, Trump came in and started back up. So <laughs> keep the party going. And not to mention Joe Biden is keeping open up new pipelines while he's in Glasgow uh, talking about like climate change. We're, we're committed to cutting our carbon emissions. But in reality, he's signing more uh, more pipelines into into fruition. And uh, we can we can do a whole nother uh, episode about climate change and talk about environmental racism and how it impacts blacks, brown and indigenous communities and countries. But that's another time we talk about kind of the labor shortage that you've been hearing on the news. So the news has been talking all about that. They're not talking about the striking workers and why people are kind of fed up. Uh, for one, we had a recession Two, We had, well, the biggest thing we had was COVID and many working class people had to go to their fucking jobs during COVID. They watched their coworkers get sick. They watched their coworkers die. They watched their coworkers deal with long COVID effects while getting paid less than minimum wage. These assholes, the Democrats talk about, came into power saying we're going to raise the minimum wage to $15 and get you more stimulus. Then they give us $2,000. Those motherfuckers gave us $1,400. And they still haven't given us a $15 minimum, federal minimum wage, which would be the bare minimum. We don't even, $15 an hour was like 10 years ago. Inflation, it should be like 26 to 27 I think personally everybody should minimum get like $50 an hour. That That's just simple. Agreed. We act like, oh, it's, no, it's not enough money. It's, uh, no, that's because the billionaires have the biggest piece of the pie and they give you all the crumbs. And then they'll tell the working people like, oh, my God, those immigrants are going to steal it. Those black people are going to steal it. Those women are going to steal it. <laughs> and this is how deep their their greed goes. So, you know, th- that's the thing is that they act like, oh, these these lazy bums, they don't want to work for the it's like f- $15 isn't enough to survive anywhere. You can't pay rent and get groceries and stuff with 15. It's just simply not enough money to survive. So why are people going to work at these jobs? So what's the system's answer? And I'm talking about, you know, let, I'm using McDonald's as an example incredibly insanely profitable company billions of dollars a year ceo makes something around 30 40 million dollars a year instead of paying their workers more they're now trying to change the laws to change the child labor laws to get 13 and 14 year olds to work at their business and i think it was in wisconsin where i think they did they might have passed yeah they have they they, they've they're hiring 14 year olds so and and the 14 year olds now can work till like 11 o'clock at night or some shit like that (laughs) so you don't have paid family leave but your kid can go to work so with you at your second or third job see right 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 so that just goes to the the lengths of greed that these people will have will go to you know there's no there's no end to it but i I want to talk about the great resignation and 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 the what led to these worker strikes so it was a covid pandemic but i think this the lockdowns and, and the COVID pandemic and many working class people having to still go to their jobs because the managerial class and people in professional jobs. Um, and I'm, and I'm one of those people. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I've been had the privilege to work from home. Um, most of my family members, they were going to work. Um, my, my, my dad caught COVID, my sister caught COVID. They're, they're working in blue collar jobs. They're, they, you know, they don't have the luxury of working from home. And there's so many other people, even my buddy who works at UPS, he's, he, you know, low struck there. Um, they had to fight their union had to come together and fight to get them fucking masking shit and cleaning stuff. It wasn't even if you have a union, you still haven't won. Um, and I'll talk a little bit later on about my my union experience. But um, the great resignation is, you know, if you white collar workers, you know, reevaluating, do they want to work where they're at? A lot of blue collar workers being like, if we're going to work, we, we we demand certain things. So this COVID, the, the one good thing that will come out of COVID and has come out of COVID is a renewed interest in labor organizing and there's strikes all over. So tens of thousands of strikes, strikes, tens of thousands of workers are on strike from John Deere to Kellogg's 
to you, Warrior, Met Cole. Uh, in my strange strains, we talk about the right to strike, but legal right to strike must be included um, with the right to return to the job when the strike is over, win, lose, or draw. And the U.S. workers haven't had that right. Corporations and Ronald Reagan's, Ronald Reagan's labor, National Labor Relations Board conspired to weaponize a long dormant Supreme Court decision to legalize union busting. So many of these companies do that to this day. Even with the uh, Amazon workers in, in, in um, Alabama, they were sh- showing anti-union propaganda on their breaks and stuff like that. They were making it, this, they were breaking, you know, breaking the law, but like they, they had to pass because our both political parties have been friendly to corporate power and unfriendly to the workers. Yeah, I mean, just to, because, you know, I want to bring to some light to what the media is not showing you. Yeah. Um, thousands, as Lornette mentioned, thousands of strikes going on all over the country right now. That includes the the miners in Alabama that we talked about, 10,000 uh, John Deere workers that Lornette brought up. Also, Kellogg's, Nabisco, Frito-Lay, um, 24, uh, what is that? All right. <laughs> another word that I, I don't even know what I was trying to spell, but another 24,000 for somewhere else. I know nurses um, around the country have been. Oh, they've been stri- they've been striking since the pandemic started. Man. They've been striking the, the you know, fair hours and, and more personal protective equipment. Writers in Hollywood. Yep. So. And, oh, this not as just writers in Hollywood because you had the writer strike back in the early 2000s, like during the um, during the recession, Great Recession. Uh, which is why I think a lot of shows got shittier. <laughs> Shout out to oh, Dexter. For sure. Oh, for <laughs> once sure. They, once they fired all the writers and just hired the same people over and over again. That's why fucking yeah. James Gunn and, and, and that asshole, um, what's his name, uh, who created Buffy, uh, Josh Whedon keeps directing shit. Oh, yeah. God, it's the same <laughs> shit. But wait, that's a whole other topic. But anyway, um, I... So, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so, you know, as Gil, uh, Gil Scott Heron said that the revolution won't be televised and, and that's what's going on right now. I mean, this this should be huge news. This should be frontline headline news across the country. And it's not. Um, and it's not. And it's extremely popular. So we just have to. And not to learn. be with all the Amazon strike, the the Instacart strike, uh, the Uber, Uber and, and Lyft and workers. And what state was that in where it, there was an Amazon plant that had a vote? to unionize and then it came out at you know if it, it failed but that then was, a couple months later yeah and then it came out that amazon you know had been doing illegal shit and oh yeah that was that was so f- fuck jeff bezos um but um that that was in alabama and also with the nabisco striking workers uh so i happen to live right across the street from a former nabisco plant that was recently shut down has they really relocated those jobs to Mexico because the workers here were striking and they closed down this plant. So my neighborhood used to smell like cookies and people had union jobs there. But because those workers started to strike and demand fair wages during the fucking pandemic that you still had them coming to work for, where well, they risk getting sick and probably getting their family sick and possibly dying from COVID, especially in the early part of the um, pandemic when there was no vaccines. So I encourage people to get vaccinated. <sighs> You're most likely to die from that COVID-19 that you are from the vaccine. So I'll just put that out there. And I know my libertarians are like, ah, fuck a vaccine. Well, no, no, no. Get the vaccine. But these workers, they, they lost their jobs. So they closed down this plant right down the street from me. So I'm pretty sure in the next 10 years, they'll turn into like some fucking overpriced loss and some bullshit like that. Or like a brewery or like a doggy daycare. Who knows what they're gonna do with this factory? But this is this is this is not like 
hyperbole I'm speaking. This is I've seen the real life consequences from my own family members to um, the folks in my community who lost their job, who working at this um, Nabisco plant. So there's real life consequences to stand up for your rights, but it's needed. And what's so frustrating to me is throughout history and happening right now, these workers aren't asking for the world. They're asking for bare minimum survival. I mean, that, that's what's frustrating. I mean, I was reading about the John Deere thing, what they're asking for. They're asking for a wage increase of 10% um, over the, for, for the next year and then 5% for the next three, five years of employment. John Deere makes billions of dollars. That's a reasonable request. They want, um, they want cost of health insurance to be locked in. I mean, obviously, the health insurance, it's, it's beyond ridiculous in this country. We should just have universal health care. And I remember back in the, um, last year, 2020, when Bernie won Nevada, they tried to make it like that union that um, didn't come out to support him, that the entire union was against Medicare for all. And actually, the workers like Medicare for all because that means they would have to pay into a health a company health insurance plan with their wages. Um, and that it would be covered for free or very low cost um, due because we'll just use it for our taxes versus our tax dollars going to fund the police and military excursions across the world. Um, so it was a union leadership decided with the corporate Democrats, but the union membership was actually aligned with Bernie and, and supported Medicare for all and also was one of the reasons why he won Nevada. <laughs> also, side rant, um, I just dislocated my finger recently and I, I was in the ER. It took me four hours for them. I was waiting there to get it reset. So the next time someone uses that excuse that, oh, the wait time in other countries, I'm poking them in the eye with this finger. Because it's just <laughs> that's just the most silly, dumb excuse I've ever thing. And to act like we don't wait. And that was at a hospital. Honestly, I would like I live kind of in a suburb and I was in more of a rural area. So this was a hospital in the middle of nowhere at like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm waiting four hours. I should have just freaking had the you know balls to reset it myself. But whatever but yeah i just hate that excuse oh yeah all the idiots democrats who are like if you people like the health insurance they can keep it no one likes the health insurance because you got to call and make sure you're in network and also the shit you go to this doctor it's like it's bullshit it's bullshit it's bullshit. oh i'm scared to see what kind of bill i'm gonna get for it you know and that's on top of I have I have health insurance, and I'm sure I'm still gonna get some kind oh, of yeah. stupid. Like bill I said, for it. I went to the eye doctor recently a, f- a few months ago, and it still cost me like three four hundred dollars to get contacts and glasses and, and the eye exam, even with my insurance. So just imagine people who don't have insurance. So that's a whole another topic. But we did talk. We have a Medicare for All uh, podcast. So check that out. The healthcare healthcare industry podcast. Check that out on question culture but um any any other things you want to get into before we talk about solutions no let's uh let's get into it so um the first one i say international solidarity so let me go into some things so um unions across the um the world um in, in other parts of the country uh, world uh so in iceland 92 percent of their workers are unionized in countries like sweden denmark and finland units union density hovers around 65 percent um, and, and this is going on today. Uh, German in Germany, Amazon workers have, have began a strike action this past Monday. Um, and the service sectors unions, Verdi said, it was part of a long-running battle with the U.S. tech giant over better pay and better working conditions. So workers are are not only striking um, here in the United States but uh, across the world. And and this is kind of what I I think personally. This is kind of from my quote from my website. Um, it's all connected. I believe that U.S. leftists need to look beyond our boards to understand 
that we can't win this alone. There's no one politician or political party that will save us all. We need to do work, work ourselves. One of the easiest lists the U.S. can do is spark a global to spark a global movement is a new labor movement. In the 1930s, during the Great Depression, labor organizers won massive victories home and abroad. Not that not because the powers that be gave in because they had goodness in their hearts. No, it's because the workers fought and bled for every concession. I current I'm currently organizing with the Progressive Workers Unions, and we've seen master labor organizing since the start of pandemic. Most notably, the workers of Amazons. We have comrades all across the world. So international solidarity, I think, is the biggest thing. We need to look at battles that are fighting in other other countries and. And in all this, you'll find that in history, too, where when labor movements like when they were exploding in the U.S., they were also in other countries. And, you know, like that was, that was what the what were they, the Wobblies or whatever, the United Workers, yeah. Workers of the World. And and because the same thing, this is going on in all countries. And now more than ever, because now the, all of the most powerful corporations are these multinational corporations. So they don't give a fuck about national borders. So neither should we. So we need to start working. And also what you'll find, you know especially conservatives, you know, the jobs are getting shipped overseas, the jobs are getting shipped overseas. Well, they're getting shipped overseas because they have slave wages, and they have even worse wages than we do in the United States. So companies go there to get more profit. Again, they don't care about their workers at all. They just want to maximize profit. So they'll go to these other countries. So if we have international solidarity and work with people, you know, if, if there's some company that you find out that strikers in another our country are are striking for that company stop buying shit from that company to stand in solidarity with those workers so the, you know that international solidarity is more important now than ever um yeah yeah and, and uh, yeah I, I just think that international solidarity is going to be key in us um winning these battles because these companies are multinational uh and they have workers all over and uh, we need international solidarity. It's kind of like what Marx said: the workers of the world have nothing to lose but their chains. So, that's a you know great quote that you know comes into modern modern times, and we see that strikes are happening all across the world. More folks are labor organizing. Uh, it might be one of the most powerful things that come out of the pandemic. And all this is organic. It is not led by one person. These are led by individuals who are brave and standing up to the powers that be. Um, in their companies and in their countries the bravest i mean honestly this organizing like this will it will be the most courageous thing that we can do and the hardest thing but yeah. that's what'll make that's that's how you know it'll work because it's so hard yeah because our, our um, history has shown us that labor organizers and have been murdered have been killed have been beaten have lost their jobs have been demonized especially in like latin america when you yeah. learn about like latin american history like holy shit yeah <laughs> God, they murder coca-cola organ labor organizers like in coca-cola yes. companies i mean like it's fucking insane like some of your favorite companies that you like buy shit from if you scratch the surface and, and do some research on them they have fucked over some people either united states or across the country or across the globe they fucked over workers isn't that hilarious? Like you'll see like, you know, a Coca-Cola commercial and be like a cute polar bear or like some hot chick on a beach. And it's like, oh, coca and everyone. Yeah, Coca-Cola football game, Coca-Cola. They're fucking murdering people who are fucking like trying to fuck with their money. Yeah. And just trying to get decent wages for the farmers that, you know, grow their shit for them and stuff. Yeah. So it's so it's such a weird, you know, world we live in. Oh, all those are all those uh, conservative assholes rallying about like the illegal immigrants are coming to take your jobs. And yet <laughs> 
Trump Tower is using, um, you know, domestic labor who are, you know, migrant workers that they're paying them like shit wages. Right. And that's just they're one the example. They're the ones hiring. They're the reason the, the immigrants are coming here. Yeah. You know, we're fucking them over in their country and they're coming come here because of our foreign policy. And we're fucking them over economically. So I think that's, you know, one solution, international solidarity. Um, and I think you have the general strike. Yeah. General strike should be the ultimate goal. It's going to take building up i mean the the first step is to read history get some kind of class consciousness going then we need to organize individually at our own places of business and work then once we have unions and we actually have a way to organize then we can start you know doing organization between those organizations and building up to a general strike so a general strike that isn't something that can happen tomorrow or overnight but it should be the ultimate goal because you know, every episode of this podcast is an example of some way that the world's fucked up and we need to hit the pause button and get things reorganized if we have any chance at survival or a decent life. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I think um, another solution is something that you can do right now. <laughs> uh, unionize. Unionize your workplace. And the hardest part of unionizing your workplace is the initial part when you're kind of seeing if your coworkers are in agreement that you should have a union and what are some of the grievances that you have as employees? Because even though it's illegal, uh, companies can still find ways to fire you or target you um, because you happen to be organizing labor at that company. Um, If they are fire you, that's legal, but they still would do it. It, It's technically illegal, but they'll figure a way around it. Like, you know, if you're, if you're caught trying to organize, they're not going to be like, Oh, we're firing you because we know you're trying to organize. They'll make up some other bullshit about something you did. Yeah, They're like, you were late to work like back in 2013. You're like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to fire you. Um, so so a bit of personal bit, bit bit myself. I am, um, I did organize labor, organize with, um, Unite here at local one in Chicago back when I was in grad school. But currently, I'm a member of the Progressive Workers Union, and we're a small union that represents uh, Sierra Club, Greenpeace, uh, 350.org, uh, Union of Concerned Scientists, and um, one more organization that I'm currently slipping in my mind, so I apologize about that. Um, at one time, I had the pleasure of serving as a vice president. Right now, I'm a union steward. And this past year, my current employee, employer, uh, they did a voluntary layoff program and also had some involuntary layoffs coming. And our, our union rallied around and lobbied the board of our organization and the executive committee um, and, and basically stopped the, um, stopped the involuntary layoffs from happening. So we saved people's jobs um, and we're, we're, we're slowly rebuilding. Um, and this wasn't an easy fight. <laughs> Just like we we had a contract negotiations a couple years ago, which of uh, several years ago, which made me want to get involved with the union, and we won paternal leave for our colleagues. We get an automatic four percent raise every year. Um, people, we have a sick leave pool, so if you don't use your sick days, and if you have a, a colleague who's sick and a super serious condition, uh, you can donate to that sick leave pool and your your sick days and, and give them to that show of solidarity. So unionizing your workplaces. Um, there are lots of large unions out there like the IFL, CFO, or uh, United Auto Workers, or smaller unions like the uh, Progressive Workers Unions. But you can talk to those unions and see ways to, to unionize, uh, especially those in your, in your particular field of uh, work, uh, professional work, whether that's, you know, service industry workers, whether that's um, 
hotel service industry folks, whether that's engineers, whether it's construction workers, garbage men, uh, government employees, like be active in your union. Uh, if you if you're a union member, be active in your union. Um, because if you think the union is corrupt, uh, if you have a union, then, then you join, you get on the board, you change it. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, it's like the, the work is hard, but it also, I mean, it'll be the most rewarding thing too. like an example at my company. This was a few years ago. They, um, we, we didn't have uh, paid maternity or paternity leave at the company, um, and we had, you know, every whatever it is, once a year, we have like the meeting where, you know, we all go to, uh, uh, at the time the company was smaller. So we all went to like a, I don't know what they're called, you know, where people have weddings and stuff. Uh, what are, they, what are those places called where like people have banquet weddings hall? and stuff? Yeah, banquet hall. That's right. So we were at a banquet hall. The CEO was, you know, taking questions and everyone was giving them their stupid, you know, softball, dumb bullshit questions. And a pregnant girl employee um, stood up and called him out for not having paid maternity leave. And it was embarrassing. And I was like, oh, shit, like, you know, this is wild. Good for her. And lo and behold, a few months later, the company announced that they were having paid maternity and paternity leave. And that's all because this one brave girl did that. And, you know, how nervous must she have had to been, you know, in this banquet hall full of whoever, you know, how many 500 people were there you know, calling out the CEO like this, like that had to be, that took some crazy courage, but look what happened. You know, my buddy who works there with me just had three kids. He got to go on paternity leave because of her. Yeah. So, and, and know, our, and our union did the same thing back in uh, 2018, 2019, where the women of color in our organization talked about their horrible experiences at the organization. And it, it caused the organization to reevaluate on those things and make some, make some very important changes. And also one of some very, it basically won us our contract without those women, without those women of color coming forward to share their stories of mistreatment at the organization. We wouldn't have won our contract the way we did. And we got paternity leave in that. We got paid time off. We got, you know, more sick days. We got more vacation time. We got a sick leave pool, um, you know, increased wages. Um, our, our chapter employees got company cards and were also able to unionize themselves. So we had tangible results but being in the union and people lives has changed because they can afford to, you know, take care of themselves and their families. And if we're going to, if we're going to live in this fucked up capitalist system, we have to have a counterbalance to the powers that be and the, the unions are the best way. And the unions um, are not perfect. Many unions have flaws. Even the union I'm part of we're we're still in a growing phase has everything is, but we've won major victories and have changed lives. Uh, for our college, even if it went for our union contract, we wouldn't have had a voluntary layoff program where people were able to buy up, be bought out their um, contract. They would have just been fired. So these are the things benefits that unions can bring. Um, and I think one thing that could really change the game right now, a piece of legislation that the so-called Democrats who are pro pro union and worker friendly <laughs> passed a fucking pro act in Congress. And for those who don't know what the pro act is, the PRO Act is called the Protecting Rights to Organize Act. So one thing it will do is stronger, swifter remedies when employees interfere with workers' rights. Uh, more freedom to organize without employer interference. Number three, winning contract agreements when workers organize and protecting fair share agreements. Number four, protecting strikes and other protest activity. And number five, organizing and bargaining rights for more workers. So if we pass this bill, which, you know, passing um, 
the House, but isn't going to pass in the Senate because apparently Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are Democrats, but they're basically Republicans. But all the, you know, it's all political theater. They're just like the right. chosen they're just bad. Playing their role they're just the chosen bad theater. guys because right. like we can't say it's Mitch McConnell this time because like they have right. the majority. So what if where's John Ossoff? Where's Warnock? Why aren't they fucking fighting for you? Then they when did we vote for them in Georgia and they said they'll give us two thousand dollars and the motherfuckers gave us fourteen hundreds? But I digress. So Joe Biden right now, if he wants to have a fucking legacy, he could fucking sign the pro act into law. He should, he could be out there campaigning as a president from the bully pulpit being like, we need to support workers. And how I'm going to support workers is raise the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. Fucking bare minimum, he's asking to And sign the PRO Act. These are two tangible things that can happen right fucking now. This isn't pie in the sky has all those idiots on TV saying, oh, Bernie Sanders' policies are pie in the sky and it's so stupid. And it's just like, shut the fuck up. These are two things, the so-called elected leaders that you people voted for, you vote for him could do right now and will impact hundreds of thousands if not millions of workers millions of people right in an instant but they're not going to do it unless we make them do it exactly biden needs to be afraid for his life to pass these things that's what happened with nixon with the anti you know he was in the oval office with henry kissinger literally worried that the protesters were going to break down the gates and invade the white house Brian, last year the bml protests in dc trump was in his fucking bunker yeah 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 exactly that's what i mean and that's it's more where we us want... than it is them so it's kind of like exactly what and that's Vendetta where we said. want people, people power. Should, the government should yeah. be afraid of the people people shouldn't be afraid of the governments the government should be afraid of their people and that's the same thing with these fucking corporations jeff bezos shouldn't be able to walk around the street without getting attacked like that's literally and yeah you know, and we're not advocating violence on here but you can just boo him out of a fucking exactly. goddamn that's what restaurant I mean or attack. throw a goddamn tomato right. at his ass and if you see a nazi nazi punch him so <laughs> right that, we right. advocate that's punching I, nazis that, 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 that's what i mean because yeah i'm not pro-violence because that doesn't solve anything and it'll make the system just come to give the system justification to come down on you even harder and not to mention, even if you killed a billionaire, the system wouldn't change. So a new billionaire would just pop up in their place to take up that vacuum. So, yeah, I'm not talking about violence like that, but I am talking about we need to make them so uncomfortable that they can't even go into public without being ridiculed. Yeah, that's the, the kind of positions we need to get them into. Yeah, and we need to stop sucking up to them and acting like they're going to save us all because they become social media darlings because like, oh, my God, they're really right. good at Twitter or Instagram or, or Facebook. And it's like. No, they work for us. We don't work for them. And these corporations shouldn't have all this goddamn ungodly power. So my last solution um, and our last solution is we should eat the fucking rich. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got one more simple one, too. That's kind of an obvious one, but I do want to mention it is do not cross picket lines. When a company goes on strike, when workers go on strike, stop support those striking workers any way you can. Um, do not obviously do not buy products from that company. I had a, <laughs> I have an unhealthy uh, eating habit of eating lots of chips. I knew, you know, I figured Frito-Lay was corrupt like all corporations are. But when I found out how horrendously they'd been treating their workers, I completely stopped buying their product. I wrote an email to them telling them that unless I hear that they drastically can change, I'm never buying their shit again. So that's what we need to do is we need to stand in solidarity and not cross picket lines um, when we can. Yeah. All right. You want to get into quotes? Sure. All right. You can go first. All right. So my quote is from from myself. 
Uh, it's, it's, you can, one of the great thinkers of our time. I know. Learned Vesta, one of the greatest thinkers of all time. No, no. It's it just that I wrote an article about this um, several months ago about international solidarity. And I think it uh, goes into the kind of the theme of this show. Um, so um, our leftist heroes of the past made many mistakes, but they also won many victories. They understood the importance of connecting and building with comrades across the globe. MLK understood this. Malcolm X did. The Black Panthers did. The Black Power Movement understood this as well. They stood in solidarity with our comrades across the globe. In today's high-tech, globally connected world, we have an edge over our predecessors. Instant connectivity. But our enemy has evolved and adapted as well. Another world is possible. But to make that world possible, we need true international solidarity. So what I just mean there is the Black Panthers, MLK, Malcolm X, not only did they start movements here, not only were they leaders of movements in this country, they show international solidarity by going and some the struggles, whether it's the labor struggles or political struggles uh, of oppressed people across the world. The Black Panthers stood in solidarity with um, freedom fighters in Africa. So did Malcolm X. So did Martin Luther King. He stood, he stood in international solidarity for labor rights. He said he went to Sweden when he got his, um, or when did they do the Nobel Prize at? Was it Sweden? Or is it like I think it's Sweden or Switzerland? Switzerland, something like, something that. like that. He went there. He's like, I didn't see any homeless people, and it's kind of just like, why? Why we have homeless people in the United States when I go to this other country that's not the so-called greatest country in the world and have homeless people? And that kind of helped him shift his perception. He's always been about labor organizing. He was always about labor organizing, but he has also talked about anti-poverty measures and forced the powers that be. And he didn't do it alone. Martin Luther King just was one person. Malcolm X was just one person. The Black Panther was just a small group. But it was the people who rallied around them who made those movements possible. And we can do it again. I know we like to say that all this history, that was a long time ago. But as we talked about today, the, the strikes and the solidarity movements that's been happening organically across the country and the globe. It's just ordinary people standing up. And even in my organization, um, our, our workers stood up and you know we 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 stood up and we fought and we fought for a bit of contract for our workers and we brought more people into our union and and hopefully uh changed some lives and, and got people fair wages and 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 the right if they if the working conditions are unsafe or they're being harassed that they feel free that they can step up and 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 make a formal complaint without facing reprisal or being fired so this is the the benefits and it's, it's not easy it's not easy at all um it's hard um, whether you, if you have kids, you got to think about their future and how, how, you got to feed them and all this good stuff. Um, so you don't I mean, want to nobody rock the wants boat. to lose their job. Yeah, you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to be you know poor. You don't want to be on the streets uh, because we see how we treat the homeless, which is another reason why we should get rid of homelessness and provide stable housing for all people, uh, whether they can work or not. Because life shouldn't be about how productive you can be for a corporation or company. Uh, life should be about just living it and enjoying the, the little things. Amen. So that's my soapbox for today. <laughs> <laughs> this whole podcast is our soapbox. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> um, all right. My quote is from uh, Eugene V. Debs. If you don't know about him, definitely learn about him. He was one of the OGs. He actually was part of the Pullman strike that I was talking about. Um, but he said, uh, the workers must be taught or rather teach themselves that their industrial interests are one and the same. That unorganized and ignorant, they are a mass of helpless and despised menials. That united and class conscious, they are the mightiest power on this planet. And I think 
you know, that that's true. You do have a small bit of power by yourself, but your true power comes with organizing with other people. When, when you, you have a limited amount of power as an individual, when you group together with other people, your power is basically limitless. Um, so please, I'm just begging you, don't fall into this trap. They're going to try and divide us by any means necessary, any label. Do not fall into the trap. We need to start. Capitalism is tearing us apart, and the, and the world is getting torn apart and getting destroyed because of it. We need to start banding together and working together, looking past our differences, and band together. And without without economic freedom there is no you know there's no democracy there's no political freedom anything like that we need to have economic equality and freedom so let's uh and i'm ta- i'm trying to talk myself up here let's uh let's you know get motivated and try and do the hard work of of getting organized all right um so one other thing i just wanted to let you know um some of our listeners might have noticed we didn't have our history um episode this month um that is because of two reasons um, one, my brother, Steve, who does the pot, those episodes with us, is traveling to Europe for work, so he's been gone, and me and Lornette have been busy um, doing some interviews, so we're going to have some bonus episodes coming up. So a little bit of less is more. We're not going to have that uh, episode, um, but we are going to have a couple interviews coming up here shortly. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. As always, thank you guys for uh, listening, engaging with us on social media. It's, it's awesome to hear from you. If you have any topics that you want us to cover, definitely let us know. Um, if you're interested in learning more, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Q culture, Q U E culture. Um, we're posting a lot of cool stuff on there. The documents, books, articles from the, from each episode. Um, don't forget to check out Lornette's projects, uh, the evolving man project and his book, even the faders. Um, and then we should be back to having our history, um, episodes next month and, and, uh, keep a lookout for some bonus episodes coming out. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks Lornette. Remember to question everything, everything. views or opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to Brian and Lornette and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that Brian and Lornette may or may not be associated with in any professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.